Hello and welcome to episode 189 of the Wallace Waveland podcast. I'm your host, Weishan, and Tony's here with me today. Hey, Tony. Hello, Weishan. How's it going? It's good. Um, tell the uh, audience, tell the audience that we're doing something different this time. Yes, we're actually recording and um, recording on video as well so that we can actually see each other. Um, it's, it's a new experience. Technology is f***ing amazing. You have to bleep that out, by the way, but technology is f***ing amazing. <laughs> so we thought it would be better to see each other while we um, record. I don't know why we didn't do this all this time. Like, it's so much easier this way now. We, I'm not giving an... In, this is my own personal opinion, and I guess as a reporter, you got to be kind of careful of this kind of stuff, but Microsoft Teams has been excellent for us. Like... We used to use Fuse. Fuse sucks. It <laughs> sucks. Got a lot of right. bleeping out to do. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Fuse was terrible. Like the, the audio quality. Um, I've been using Zoom a little bit on meetings with uh, on calls uh, with sources. That hasn't been that great though. And also, mm-hmm. I hear that there's a lot of privacy issues there and that they might be taking your data and selling it to hackers. That's, I don't know if that's actually true. It's something that I just, somebody was telling me about. So that's not me as a reporter reporting anything. That's me as a person just slandering a company, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All of these um, are our own. <laughs> yes. Uh, our opinions are our own here. Um, but Microsoft Teams, outstanding. I, I could, Every call has been very, very good. Um, I, anyway, yes. I mean, at, at times you, would, I would see that. No, oh, hang on a minute. Actually, that's on Zoom. Yeah. So yesterday I was using Zoom, and you you would see like, oh, the other person's internet con- uh, connection is unstable, or your internet connection is unstable. Um, but but with Zoom, if you're not on a pro account, you only get I think forty minutes. You can only be yeah. in a meeting for forty minutes. Yeah, I mean Microsoft Teams. We can we can we can talk for but, as long as we want. But well, we're getting this through our company, though. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's why we yes. have this. Um, um, well, it's it's I, if I'm not mistaken, it's free with um yeah with like Office 365 and yeah. Yeah, but you know, so we've been talking now for 45 minutes at that exact moment right then, <laughs> and your the video quality you're you're in hong kong i'm in new york it hasn't broken up once the audio hasn't broken up once knock on wood of course but so anybody anyway if anybody's wondering about different kind of communication equipment i am wholesale saying that microsoft teams is outstanding um really really good anyway what are we talking about today Wichen? <laughs> So, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about uh, a letter uh, that Larry Fink, the chairman at BlackRock, he published a letter to shareholders um, mm-hmm. last Sunday, March 29th. Um, and in this very long letter, he was detailing um, how, I, I guess, BlackRock has been handling uh, the impact from the coronavirus and moving forward, how, what they are focusing on. So, like, the strategy moving forward. Um, maybe not for this year, but like in the future in general. So there are a couple of things that he touched on and um, I, I thought we could talk about that. So there's a quote here that, uh, let me start with his one of his quotes here. So it says here, um, it's a bit of a long quote, but just bear with me. So technology firms are so successful today, not necessarily because of their underlying technology, but because their platforms create better price disclosure greater efficiencies, and ultimately more convenience and simplicity for the end user. 
This is the same reason ETFs, which is exchange-traded funds, um, are so successful because they are technology. They bring these same characteristics of transparency, convenience, and simplicity to asset management. And during the recent turmoil, the biggest test ETFs have ever faced, they once again prove their resilience and their ability to increase transparency and price discovery. ETFs have become one of the most important tools in modern finance. So in his letter, he mentioned that yeah, ETFs are technology. And then he goes on to say that uh, particularly they have performed well uh, when it comes to uh, fixed income ETFs. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess that that works as well because it's, it's like a basket of uh, bonds, really. So it's easier to purchase. Uh, it's easier. I mean, it's better for the end uh, investor, I guess. Um, well, there are challenges, though, right? Yeah. So, well, let, let's. Uh, so, I'll just jump in here, because. Well, first of all, I'd be interested to hear if other people thought if ETFs are technology. Mm -hmm. ETFs are a basket of investment instruments. Um, certainly, there's technology used to create balance price those baskets but so let's talk a little bit specific to fixed income etfs because this is something that was near and dear to my heart way back in 2015 because it's important that everybody who's listening understands that when tony malakian writes about something he's seeing the future man and he's trying to let you in on it like all my all my stories about you know desktop app interoperability i've been writing about this for years cloud public cloud all you guys, all these other outlets are writing about public cloud and everything right now. I've been writing about this stuff for years now. I'm amazing. So fixed income ETF 2000. I wish you all could see Wei Shen's face right now. Um, <laughs> um, way back in 2015, this was a market that was just, you know, really around at the financial crisis. Um, assets started climb uh, from what was it, 380 percent since 2008 as investor adoption has increased and existing users have broadened their use. So it's from 2008 to 2015. And what people started to realize that there were technology challenges involved in this. And technology has helped to spur growth in it. Um, it was in, it was an asset class that was dominated by retail investors and wealth managers. Um, institutional uh, investors on the buy side have just been flooding money into the space and the technology comes into it through pricing matrices and platforms, uh, new forms of risk modeling, uh, including machine learning, something that we've been talking about for a long time and kind of inventive ways of creating and redeeming fixed income ETFs. Um, it, it's what's led to this trillion dollar enterprise. So I feel, and let's also be clear about this. BlackRock has a dog a pony in this race, right? They are, you know, th th their iShares are, it was the first thing. It was, you know, what kind of really launched the space. So I, I found his letter interesting because he talks a lot also about how the buy side is, large swaths of the buy side are not prepared technology-wise mm. for the environment that we're in. He also, but what you talk about is very interesting that income uh, ETFs and fixed income ETFs are likely to see added interest just the same way 2008 and that recession 
led inflows into there and led to technological innovation around analytics, pricing, those kind of things, uh, mod, uh, risk modeling, things like that. We might see a new golden age around technology on the fixed income ETF. That's kind of the impression that I got from what he was saying. Is that kind of fair to what you what you saw as well? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I understood from his uh, his letter. Yeah. So, what about so? Right now, we're both looking at each other like, man, great, great awkward transition right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that isn't the only thing that he mentioned. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so BlackRock, he said BlackRock is also going to be focusing on e-liquid alternatives. Um, and uh, that includes, uh, you know, I think they recently launched something called long-term private capital and how they're also going to be focusing on sustainability, which is essentially ESG products. So that is um, quite interesting in, uh, you know, how they are looking to build more transparency and um, provide analytics more to typically what has been illiquid instruments or illiquid uh, investment instruments. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. So, yeah, it's quite interesting to see that uh, this is what they'll be focusing on and how they're going to be. Uh, although in the in the letter, he didn't mention like how they're going to be building out these, this, um, uh, I guess, um, uh, these initiatives. Um, but we'll see. I guess down the line, I, I'm sure they'll, they're going to be making some announcements. Uh, well, pretty much very soon um, on this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm going to be interested to see, and I'd be interested to hear other people if they have thoughts on this. But so Larry was talking about how I mean, BlackRock has been you know not blowing smoke up their ass or anything like that. They you know they're a Latin platform. It's an elite level platform. It's one of the more impressive pieces of technology that have been built um, in the capital markets over the last you know uh, few decades. And so they had they are a leader when you would talk about buy side firms and technology. But again, they had to do that because of the investment business that they're in, their ETF businesses, those kind of things. They had to kind of break through that way. And they had just good foresight to see that technology was way forward. And so Larry kept on talking about how the buy side industry as a whole is not technology up to par. Um, and this is going to create a challenging time for them. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because, again, you know, we've been writing about this a lot. What is it like mm. free fee compression? Um, you know, what what are some of the other? I know he mentioned some other things. Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, the 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 buy side is facing consolidation, fee compression, mm -hmm. and uh, looking to do um, you know, and technology transformation. Uh, I think in the past we've also written about how the buy side has been looking at technology and how they have been um, in some ways. Um, the laggards, the la laggards. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Laggards. Yeah. So a lot of the technology transformation has been happening more on the sell side first, and now that has yeah. Sorry, yeah, you no, want to say something? Exactly. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, this is great. We can see that. Um, it was exactly, especially God before the financial crisis, especially certainly. So you had the the buy side, 
would build their own stuff. And then the financial crisis happens and they started to rely, they started to ask the sell side and third parties to start building some of these platforms, especially around regulatory technology. Mm-hmm. And now how well are they positioning themselves for this new kind of environment? It, it's an interesting concept. Here's the thing that I think is going to be interesting to watch for specific to the buy side. So uh, I I only jo- I joined Waters Technology in October 2008. I was writing for American Banker um, in August 2007. So I joined right really at the perfect time um, of financial stability. And uh, the one thing that I remember seeing was it was middle back office tech and ops that were just immediately laid off. The financial services industry, especially buy-side firms, did not value the importance of technology. They thought, we can just go to third parties and outsource this. We can go to third parties and get what we need. I will be interested to see, and it's important for people to know, I'm not making, I'm not trying to be flippant about people being laid off. I'm in journalism and The first thing that you are, if you have a responsible professor in journalism or if you have a responsible boss, they'll tell you at some point in your career in journalism, you're going to be laid off. It's just that's the nature of the beast in this uh, field. Don't worry, Weishan, you're okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God. (laughs) um, But, you know, so I'm not being flippant about this. I'm just saying that in 2007, 2008, it was the middle and back office op and text and op and techs, tech teams that were uh, sh- that got laid off in droves. I wonder if it's going to be more front office focus here as firms realize that they can use technology. They can use outsource trading firms. They don't need as big of a trading staff um, that technology can help them to cut their costs. People can work remotely, but you have to have a good tech team if you're going to have a team that's working remotely. Mm. The, the nature of work is going to change for every company in the industry, it, for every company around the globe. The nature of work and what is work, where is it, it's going to change. Maybe not as drastically as I might think where everybody's just working from home all the time now because who wants a midtown office when everybody can work from home? It might not be that because there is value in having face-to-face, but Yep. These communication platforms, Weisha and I, we've been, you know, talking and it's great. You know, it's 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 not the same, you know, as having somebody right there, but there is, you know, some comfort there. Being in a large meeting of 10, 15, 20 people, God shoot me in the f-ing head. Um, I, you see, I really. Tony, you're giving me so much work. <laughs> shoot me in the head because I just don't want to be involved in that on um on a on a big meeting thing on skype and whatever teams and whatever it is but it is going to change the nature of work so not to ramble sorry i'll I'll cut it off now (laughs) what are where are the layoffs because there are going to be layoffs and it it we are going to as a society you know we're seeing it already the unemployment spiking up it's going to be tough and governments are going to have to kick in and those who have jobs are going to have to kick in. There's going to be, even if you are, you know, free market capitalist, Republican, libertarian, there's going to be some changes that are going to have to be made to handle the ripple effect 
of these months that we're going to be facing going forward. So it is going to be interesting from a trend perspective. Where are asset managers willing to make cuts? And where are they going to say, no, we need the staff. They are more valuable to us than if it is in the front office where the cuts are made and not the back office, it will truly show you how much tech has become the driving force of the capital markets. And, you know, will NICE ever open back up the trading floor again? You know, mm. these are questions that are just going to dominate. Um, right now, there's not a lot that we can say definitively because we have no idea what's going to happen. But that's going to be the conversation that we're going to be having for the months to come and years to come, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one quote that um, uh, Larry uh, said here, he said, um, asset managers will have to fully integrate technology to connect with clients, generate investment insights, create operational efficiencies, and unify their organization on a single platform. So as you mentioned, yeah, it will be interesting where um, perhaps the buy side would see cuts. Um, I think, I think it will just be we will end up, we'll probably end up with very lean and mean um, <laughs> asset managers. So yeah, they will have to look and see like where, where, where is the fat that I can kind of like trim off uh, where I don't really need maybe, or um, I can easily outsource this or um, I can yeah buy technology to help with it. Maybe, maybe the people in that specific department, I don't need so many. Uh, I just need people to, for example, do exception management or just to monitor how that specific tech is doing its job. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I got one more other idea that just based off of what you just said, and I hadn't thought about it really before. This will also kind of show for all the the firms that love to talk to us about how machines are augmenting what a human can do. And I do believe that at their best, that is what machine learning, you know, analytics platforms, that's what technology does. Te technology helps a human to do their job better. Mm. We're going to find out who is serious about that and who is full. <laughs> okay. There's another one for you to beep out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who is serious and who is just talking just complete bollocks there? I think that this is going to be an interesting time to see. Because if you really do believe that technology helps a human, well, do you just go and lay off all humans and outsource all your 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 middle back office needs um, to a third party vendor? Because you're like, you know what? The next time this happens, but then there's going to be other interesting risks, right? What mm -hmm. about these third party vendors that are going to have to lay off some people potentially because they're just not getting inflows? Yeah. So many questions that. It's impossible to know the answer to, but we are going to find out who truthful, who was being truthful and what they were saying six months ago versus who was just kind of talking the company line and now all of a sudden are like, oh, yeah, no, we don't believe in that actually at all. Yeah, I mean, and well, Larry was kind of in his letter, he was just pointing out, you know, how they at BlackRock are going to be looking at how are they going to be, uh, I guess, adapting to this um, coronavirus situation? And, you know, 
and what that means for his workforce and shareholders and I guess investors as well. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we at Waters are going to be continuing to give you content that will help you guys, um, I guess, kind of form, form, formulate your thinking on like what, uh, you know, what the market is saying and, and how we're all going through this period of transition. I don't know where we're transitioning to, but yeah, <laughs> where we're going to be transitioning to and how we're going to be doing That's what that. what keeps me awake at night, Wei Shen. <laughs> <laughs> so Larry was actually saying in his letter to shareholders, it um, while well, just pointing out to them that, uh, you know, how, how BlackRock is going to be um, adapting to this coronavirus situation and, and how, what that would mean, uh, you know, and how, how, I guess, they're transitioning to, uh, to become better, basically. So we, we too at the podcast are going to be providing you that. We're going to be changing this. Um, oh, no, sorry, not changing, but we're going to be making use of this forum to we're evolving, you know, we, we are enhancing, you know, let's use that corporate speak. Yes, we are enhancing the, the podcast and we're going to be bringing you guests um, that will be talking uh, and addressing some of these challenges that are facing uh, them as firms and also their clients, which are you guys. So, uh, Tony, I think you can talk about some of the how we're going to be changing some of our coverage in terms of uh, uh, yeah, what we put on the website. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. First of all, with the podcasts, I thought your interview uh, last week with uh, Mazidar at OpenFin that was really good, really interesting, and I think that this will be a good opportunity for us to kind of bring people on to talk about some of the the challenges that people are facing and some of the opportunities that they're seeing mm. um, over the next couple months. This isn't going to last forever, but this will last for a couple months minimum. It got. Knock on wood, just that there's a minimum to this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then from, yes, to our coverage on Waters Technology, for those who are actually subscribers uh, to Waters Technology, you know, we've been, we always on Waters, we try and kind of sit in the weeds a little bit and let things, we don't try and rush to an article. We don't, you know, trust me, there are plenty of sites you can go to if you want a rushed article. We try and do deep dive analysis of a situation. And so now we're a couple of weeks in, we're going to be really kicking up our coverage because we have better ideas. We have better understanding of what's going to happen. So, you know, just the same way that Larry Fink, like you're saying, um, you know, he's talking about how they had an, the technology infrastructure in place. And now, you know, that he feels confident that they'll be able to, um, jump on that opportunity uh, on opportunities mm. that exist similarly for us we want to make sure that we are helping you know at a time like this people are looking for information and we want to make sure that we are getting good information good thought leaders out to you so from a podcast perspective have good people on that you know that can talk about this and maybe give new ideas new new challenges that are arising and new opportunities that are arising and same thing with our coverage on uh, on waterstechnology.com, you yeah. know, we, you know, t- today we're talking our, we're giving our opinions, but when we're at our best, we're talking to, you know, people who are in, in the weeds and actually doing this in the muck and actually doing this. Um, so that's going to be our focus going forward. And we're going to still have our normal because we know that that's a beautiful thing about technology, technology. Well, 
everybody who's talking about coronavirus technology, these projects that these are long-term projects, whether it's implementing a new OMS, whether it's, you know, trying to figure out new analytics platforms and how to install those, whether it's desktop interoperability, whether it's cloud migration strategy, these are topics that it's not, you, you don't just flip a switch and they happen. So we're going to yeah. still cover that. Um, and that's, 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 that's our promise to you. We're going to bust our ass on that and, uh, don't bleep that out. That's a, in that one, that's a good uh, word. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so that's as a company, that's how we're going to try and better ourselves way, Shen, and use yeah. this, this very, very difficult time as an opportunity to help people through it. If we're doing our jobs well, that's what we'll have done. And six, eight, 12 months from now, we'll be looking back and going, yeah, we either did well or we have some lessons to learn. Yep. And as usual, you know, if, if any of you, um, you know, would like to reach out, just we have all, all our contact details at the, at the bottom here. So just, yeah, do so. But uh, yeah, so we've covered how, um, well, BlackRock is trying to improve on itself and how they're transitioning and how we at, um, on the Waters Waveline podcast and also as a uh, technology-driven publication uh, are trying to improve ourselves. But we too, as individuals, need to transition and become better. Yes. When I say transition, it sounds really, really odd. But okay, um, yeah, we need to... <laughs> I'm we sorry. are just we are enhancing ourselves, improving ourselves. It's uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the corporate speak. <laughs> so we need to improve and better ourselves, <laughs> Tony. Um, what what have you done recently to or what what are some uh, I think maybe key steps that you have taken to improve on yourself lately? So. We talked a little bit about this, but I've been like I said, I've been I've gotten rid of all social media off my phone except for Instagram. That's kind of a happy place, um, <laughs> but because no one talks about coronavirus, or if they do, they put up just you know stupid memes. So Twitter, Facebook, I don't have anything else. You know, um, those are gone off my phone. I have to go onto my web browser to actually get that, and it's been great because I've been playing you know crossword puzzles alice and i alice is in manila we've been playing scrabble but not words with friends we actually use a, a board and we take photos of the board and we play long distance it's very very hipstery of us so that's yeah. one way and <laughs> i feel i gotta be honest with you i don't feel stressed out about this now granted I'm not getting every bit of information and every bit of new piece of news about this, about the virus and the response and everything like that. But I'm getting in the morning I wake up, I read the news and around nine o'clock, I just see what happened in the markets and stuff like that. And I am so because I blocked all that stuff, I'm less stressed. And um, this has actually been fantastic. I, I, a bunch of my friends that I know, they have been drinking more because of it. Me, I was just a guy that loved to go out to a bar. So I would just go out to a bar all the time. I would sit there. I would talk with the people, you know, kind of right at the bar, stuff like that. Now that I'm at home, I have, you know, two, three drinks a night, but that's it. And then every third day I take off. So the way I'm trying to improve myself is mentally by um, blocking out the social media stuff because I became – if not addicted, certainly, you know, I was, I was 
I don't know what the hell. I, I was I was a user certainly. Um, <laughs> and what a way to put it. <laughs> exactly, and uh, I've cut down my drinking, and I've been doing like Wei Shen has actually helped me to improve myself physically uh, because she is a CrossFit junkie. She works out. <laughs> She works out a ton. She works out so much more than I do. And she's helped me to do some home exercises. And I've lost 12 pounds already on this um, just in the last month. And that's not through much of a change in diet or anything like that. It's just through cutting back on drinking and just doing some simple exercise at home. So let me kick it back to you, Aishan. You know, we, we, we teased this a couple of weeks ago, but then you know, we, we had uh, it just kind of got pushed back. Tell, tell the audience what you've helped me out with because this is something that you do take seriously and I'm very, very proud and impressed by you and uh, how you've been handling this, uh, not being able to go out to the CrossFit gym all the time the way that you normally would. Uh, so, yeah, it has been uh, tough on my end a little bit because, you know, at a, I don't know if any of you have been to a CrossFit gym. I guess, I guess some of you might have. Um, we do a lot of Olympic weightlifting, so that means like, you know, getting to throw around some like barbells and stuff. Um, so obviously working out at home is, uh, <laughs> is not ideal. I do not have a home gym. So what, uh, what some gyms have done is allowed some of their um, members to take home some equipment. I just brought home a 30-pound dumbbell. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's all I have. So uh how do i how do i say this so it has been a little bit stressful because well i live in an apartment right i'm on the ninth floor um me jumping around or like me accidentally dropping a, the dumbbell on the floor would mean that my downstairs neighbor would probably be shocked by call like, the cops. Just call <laughs> like, the cops. what is happening upstairs <laughs> yeah so just got to be like very careful and gentle with how we put down the weights and like be a bit mindful about that. So that, that is something that I've uh, had to think about a bit more because like if you're at the gym, you know, the floors are like padded. It's, you can just, we usually just drop the, the weight from, let's say, um, uh, mid chin, <laughs> you know, and it just bounces off the floor, but that's not going to happen, you know, at home. I could end up breaking up, breaking the tile and then, you know, I would have to pay there a lot goes your of security damages. Deposit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we all know I need my security deposit back. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so there's there's that. Um, but yeah, I'm. You're gonna bet your ass that I'm gonna be giving you some more um, some more work to do at home, and um, it's really encouraging to see and and to just kind of like, I guess in a way you are like my guinea pig, you know. And I have a few guinea pigs around. So, um, you know, Edwin, um, my husband, uh, is one of them uh, and uh, some other friends. So, like, how I tailor, um, like, a, I wouldn't call it a workout program, but how I tailor, yeah, I guess, a workout uh, to each individual's, like, strengths and weaknesses is, is really Basically, uh, what I'm fun. hearing is that Wei Shen is going to kind of start her own gym and quit on me one day and be like, hey, Tony, remember all those great useful pointers I gave you? I'm starting my own gym. So uh, you're gonna have to pay me X amount for, for of that now, <laughs> but it's okay for you. For you, you you can just pay there me enough. here. There you go. Special hey, listen, yeah, that's it's fine. I can definitely send over some. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so that has been quite fun. I think um, mentally that has given me something. Um, yeah, I guess fun to do. 
so in, in a way it has kind of relieved uh, the unnecessary um, negative thoughts that um, you know have have come in oh once in a while <laughs> well can I can I ask you because I am not like I'm somebody who I try and do push-ups every day but I'm not at at, at my age now I'm not um, I don't work out a lot though certainly a lot of people that are listening to this podcast a lot of people that work in finance and technology are people that are regular gym goers i'm a journalist so i'm more of a functioning high functioning alcoholic uh, is i think what the, the term is um, <laughs> um so how difficult has it been from a mental standpoint to not have that outlet there right or, you know because i know that there are times when i piss you off a lot i was just going to swear there way shen and i didn't just to help you out a little bit thank um, you thank you you're welcome um but where i'll drive you crazy and you'll be like you know what i'm just going to go to the gym and work this out there I got to imagine that's got to been, it, it's got to be it, it's been a change um and then how do you kind of turn that change into a positive yeah, I mean that's the this thing. So I can't I can't go to the gym to like bang out a a hard session, right? To kind of relieve that stress. Now it's just me and my thirty pound dumbbell at home, <laughs> my best friend. Um. <laughs> that's good to see you're losing your mind. Good. <laughs> well, you know I, I live alone in Hong Kong. You know it's you uh, yeah uh, I I gotta find ways to amuse myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> so if it's not working out. Um, I take uh, a lot of joy in in cooking or baking or well, actually cooking. Yeah, not really baking so much. So like creating uh, a meal that is both healthy and satisfying uh, to my not so I wouldn't say I wouldn't call my palate complex. But yeah, uh, to that, that pleases me in that way that that actually helps me relieve stress or um, helps me uh, think of something else, basically. So that has been quite fun, like experimenting with new, um, maybe new herbs or uh, new sauces, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 For me, it's been, I've been actively, the other thing I've done is I don't play much video games anymore. And uh, I found that, you know, we're working on editorial, we're working pretty hard right now. This is, it's an unprecedented time. And so... Mm -hmm. Or the hours are going a bit later and anybody who works from home. So I, I regularly have worked from home uh, before this all started. Um, so I was a bit used to it. This is a bit jarring to some other people where you find that, you know, where your job was nine to five, you kind of show up at nine and five o'clock come back. Okay. I'm going to go hit the train. And then that's that. Well, now when you're working from home, that day can just start to seep and kind of get stretched out a little bit more. And all of a sudden it's seven o'clock, it's eight o'clock, it's nine o'clock, sometimes 10, 11 o'clock. And you're like, well, you know, I'm just, I don't have a lot to do. Um, and it's, you know, neither of us, we don't have kids, so mm. we don't have some of those responsibilities. So it's easy for a day to become longer for us. So you have to figure out that work-life balance. Yep. And the other thing though, I have been trying to do is, when I would go and off stuff like that, I would come home and sometimes I would just play some video games just to kind of decompress or I would watch TV shows I've watched a million times. The Wire, 
the West Wing. Um, <laughs> you know, watch movies I've watched a thousand times, The Godfather, Spotlight, uh, Ex Machina and Arrival, things like that. And movies I've just seen a thousand times. I just kind of put that on. That's the other change I made is there are some nights that are ending at 9, 10, 11 after midnight sometimes. So rather than go and playing a mindless video game, I've been trying to watch at least some TV that I haven't seen before, something that can stimulate my mind or just something that <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean that one. Something that's just really stupid. Something that's just really stupid. Um, you know, watch some comedy. Like I love comedy. I love stand up. So just go and watch some stand up that I've never watched before. So and that's helped me. So, you know, I cook, but I'm not inventive. Like, you know, I, I you know, I have my set kind of stuff. Um, so for me, it's just kind of about mentally breaking free of work with something that isn't work, something that won't even remind me of work. So whether that's a new documentary, whether that's a new TV series or whether that's um, and most people are like, oh, I always watch new TV. I don't. I love watching. I've watched the West Wing seasons one through four. Probably about 50 times, just episode one, season one, all the way through the stupid end of season four a million times i've watched the wire seasons one through five a million times i'm forcing myself not to do that anymore so that's my mental break is so for you it's cooking for me it's a little bit more about that well here's an old but new one for you to watch uh-huh. okay uh, and i know you you'll hate it but watch friends oh god i know you have not watched season one through ten I try. Wei Shen, I, Wei Shen loves Friends. She loves Friends. Loves. And I literally, so I turned on season one. And first of all, the laugh track, it's unbearable. I don't understand how you can watch TV shows today that don't use laugh tracks and watch a show with a laugh track. It's absolutely terrible. Or live studio on, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Seinfeld still actually does it for me. So I don't fully agree with that statement there. But um, Friends, Ross is un. You know what? you ross is unbearable all right stop it stop it <laughs> he's unbearable um you know uh uh, uh um monica's uh, becomes a husband um not chandler uh ross chandler who's the other guy joey oh no so i am thinking of chandler i'm sorry Joey's the only Joey and Jennifer Aniston and Phoebe, um, Rachel, sorry, and Phoebe are the only ones that I like. Monica is just too much. Ross is unbearable. Chandler <laughs> has funny moments. Anyway, I'm sorry. I've tried, but no. Yes. I, you know what? I think this podcast is over, Wayshan. I think it's just over. <laughs> it ruined my whole night. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> okay, guys, this is the last you're going to be hearing last from me. One. I'm sorry. No, actually, I'm sorry. If I fire you, then you ha- then I have to do the podcast again. I'm sorry. You are not fired. You're very valuable. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I don't understand how... I, I, I don't know, because... I pretty much grew up on Friends. 
I guess maybe Friends was the 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 show that kind of maybe showed me like maybe what living in New York is like even though it wasn't That's not in New what York. living in New York is like <laughs> I live in I live on the the ground floor you know great I'm in Williamsburg and you know I'm doing okay you know but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I have a pool table I do listen my life is a little bit like friends but that is not the normal life in New York City is all I'm saying here I didn't say it was normal life. I just said it gave me an idea of what it could be like. You know, <laughs> everyone hanging out at a cafe, which actually used to be a bar. If you watched it, then you would know. Um, yeah, and oh, and how and how they kind of like struggled. Like Rachel, for example, rich kid, rich spoiled girl. You know, um, growing up and how she struggled. You know, starting from like a waitress at a cafe all the way to like some um, fashion you know bar. What? You know what? You know what? Um, what Microsoft Teams needs to do? Something where I can reach through the video screen and start strangling the person that is talking on the other <laughs> video stream. <laughs> Wei Chen have known each other. Wei Chen and I have known each other for a very long time. We we just we're, we're friends. It's, we're just kidding. <laughs> I like how you have to state that for everyone to know. It's like it- so that you just know, people gets... are just like, oh my gosh, we haven't heard from Wei Shen for a while. Oh my gosh, what what happened to her? <laughs> but anyway, we've talked about a lot of things today. <laughs> so um, next week we're gonna have a special guest for you again, and um, well, you, you guys will just have to wait and see who I bring on. <laughs> and and if you do have ideas. Don't come to me. Go to Wei Shen. Uh, Wei Shen will uh, certainly. Uh, she's our traffic. She is the host. She is the one running this thing, and she serves. She's there to decide who's uh, there. But you can bring it up to me, of course. But I will kick you over to Wei Shen at some point. Yeah. Or, or if you so if you have any ideas, or if you want to come on the podcast yourself, but yeah, just send me an email. Um, all my contact the contact all contact details are in yeah down below. So you should be able to do that with ease. So, <laughs> yeah, well, with that, uh, I think let's let's wrap things up. Um, it's, it's always good to talk to you, Tony. I really I love yeah. this face to face stuff is actually <laughs> again, it is this is a positive. We're now taught we never would be doing we, we would have kept doing this over the phone. And now we get to see each other. This is wonderful. Yeah, it's it's too bad that our podcast is not actually I, I don't want it to be. I don't want it ever to be like our videos out oh yeah no so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some of my bosses might have a problem with how much i'm drinking on the podcast and you know it becomes this whole thing you know, so. <laughs> well it's a good thing we always record like in my mornings so like there i'm having a coffee um yes. right now i mean sometimes i do want to have like a, a drink in the morning but uh well, okay put a now. little vodka in the coffee yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, no 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 not vodka it's got to be like um Kahlua. Rum. Actually, yeah, rum. Rum and coffee. I have some rum at home. Okay, nope. <laughs> We're all going to be improving <laughs> on ourselves, and this is yes. an area that we need to work on. So, Absolutely. Yes. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast, and as usual, we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>